Good morning. Today is Wednesday, June 16th, 2021. I have a feeling, maybe I'm wrong, but I have a feeling that many people evaluate Torah or connect to Torah based on the extent to which it is relevant to them. So, love your fellow as yourself, absolutely. I think a great, great proportion of Jews and non-Jews connect to that as an essential part of the Torah, and it's legitimate, it should be. Klal Gadol, that's a major fundamental principle. The Karbanos, the sacrifices, <laughs> I think it's harder for people uh, to connect, to feel a connection to that. And para aduma in our parsha, the ritual of the red heifer, forget it. It is a ritual that it just sounds so bizarre and does, does not apply today. Our sages tell us that this ritual was actually performed only nine times throughout our entire history so far. And we are awaiting the 10th time, which will be when the Mashiach comes, the Messianic era is ushered in. But it is a ceremony where a calf with all red skin, no hairs of any other color is offered, and then the ashes are mixed with water, and it is used in the purification of a person who had come into contact with a dead body, it just sounds, you know, it's it's bizarre. We don't understand it. It's not practically applicable to us because our understanding is that all, in the absence of this ceremony, all of us are in the category of Tameh, ritually impure, which, you know, we seem to be doing okay, basically, as far as we know. Nothing is visible. Um, we're certainly clean in a hygienic sense. You know, uh, one thing about this year, all of us are probably cleaner <laughs> over the last year and a half than we've been in our whole lives. So, you know, so so it's hard to it's hard to connect to it. It's hard to connect to it. And that's a shame. It's a shame because, first of all, every word of the Torah expresses something unique about God. And we know God through studying the Torah. And that applies to the parts that are not practically applicable to us, just as much as to the parts that are practically applicable to us. So in the sense of being connected to God and knowing God, we need to be able to appreciate this parsha just like every other passage, just like the Ahavta. And more um, concretely, every subject of Torah is interrelated and integrated. And that means that the most arcane mitzvah, perhaps something that is never going to be practically applicable to us, perhaps does not exist in this time as a practical obligation, still there are concepts and values and lessons that come from it 
that come from it that are extremely practically applicable and relevant to every one of us. Even if the formal mitzvah is not now applicable. Paraduma, the beginning of our parsha, this ritual of the red heifer, the red calf, is a mitzvah to respond to the experience of being close to someone who has passed away, to being close to death. Death is a physical phenomenon, obviously, but for all of us around and connected to death in any form, it is also an emotional issue and a spiritual issue. So the question is, how does God want us to navigate that? And this is obviously so important because every single one of us will encounter it to a more or less level. How does God, how does the Torah teach us to navigate that experience? So this mitzvah in our parsha, Paraduma, is one of several different mitzvahs, several different components that help us through this experience. It helps us through the experience of, God forbid, death and loss and grief. And by extension, all of these lessons will also help us. They are designed to help us through other difficulties and other challenges we all face through life. So let's go back to this process, this ceremony, as bizarre and surreal as it is. It goes like this. A person who has become Tame, come into immediate contact with a dead body, ritually impure. That's a status that is spiritual. It's not something that's physical. It's invisible. You don't feel it, but it is a status that... For example, a person during the time when the Beit HaMikdash was standing would not be able to enter the grounds of the Beit HaMikdash, the Holy Temple in Jerusalem. Even today, by the way, you may know this is a very big, a very controversial subject of whether Jews are allowed to ascend to the area that we call the Holy Mount, the, the area which is now today in Jerusalem, a mosque. So you may know... Um, there's a lot of uh, political controversy over Jews going to that area, meaning not the Kotel. The Kotel area is where we go, but to the other side on top where the mosque is. So it's a very controversial political subject, which I don't want to discuss today. It's also a very controversial halakhic subject. Is it permitted according to Jewish law to enter that area? And if it is, what steps must a person take to purify themselves spiritually before doing so? Or alternatively, are there only certain areas 
in that compound that a Jew is allowed to enter. Okay, that's also a complicated subject in Jewish law. I want to leave that to the side for now. That's not our subject for today. But basically, what would happen is as follows. A person who would come into contact with a dead body, attending a funeral, being in the room when someone, God forbid, passes away, would have to undergo a seven-day procedure. And the seven-day procedure starts with this. First, there is the preparation of paraduma. So, as I mentioned, there's a calf. It has to have all red hair, no other colors. The calf is offered as an offering in very unique manners. And the ashes are then mixed with water, a lot of details about the water and how it's drawn. And then from this water, the person who is tame, ritually impure, must appear before a Kohen. And the Kohen will do a ceremony, I'll describe in a moment, for this person. And after a seven-day procedure, the person is tahar, ritually pure, back to pure, spiritually pure status. They can offer sacrifices. They can come into the Beit HaMikdash. They can do everything. The seven-day ceremony for the person who is impure consists of the following. There is a procedure called Hazaa. Hazaa means sprinkling. And that means a person appears before the Kohen. The Kohen will dip his fingers into this water that had the ashes of the Paraduma added to it and will sprinkle water, a little sprinkle. It's not a shower. You don't, you don't get your clothes wet. A little sprinkle on this person. And the person has to appear before the Kohen on the third of seven days and again on the seventh of seven days. Then at the end of the seven-day period, the person has to immerse in a mikvah. Also water, but that's not with any ashes added to it. That's just a mikvah, a body of water. And then the person who had been Tameh is now Tahar, ritually pure. Rabbi Yosef Soloveitchik, the Rav of blessed memory, points out an incredible, incredible insight. There are these two paths for a person to follow, a person who has come into contact with death and now needs to navigate to be able to go forward. There are two paths. Both of the paths involve the person coming into contact with water. Water is a symbol of life. It's a symbol of rebirth. A person has come into contact with death. This is basically a ceremony where they are reborn, where they come back to life through water, the life-giving force. 
But the two paths that the person has to take throughout this seven-day period of purification are quite different from each other. And they provide a very important lesson for every single one of us, not only dealing with, God forbid, death, but again, any situation that we face in life. A person has to go through Hazah being sprinkled with water by the Kohen and Tevila immersing in the mikvah. The Torah says in our parsha as follows, The Kohen, who is Tahar, who is pure, ritually pure, sprinkles this water mixed with the ashes of the Kohen Gadol. Uh, with the ashes, God forbid, I'm sorry. With the ashes of the Paraduma. Sprinkles this water on the person who has come before him, who is Tameh, by Yom Hashlishi or by Yom Hashvi, on the third day of a seven-day cycle and on the seventh day of a seven-day cycle. And then, Varachatz Bamayim V'toher Ba'erev. On the seventh day, the person immerses in a mikvah. And that evening, at the end of seven days, the person is tar, ritually pure. Listen to the insight of the Rav. The two cleansing acts, Hazaah sprinkling and Tevila immersing, are strikingly dissimilar. Tevila immersing requires that the person who is going through this situation, the person who right now is Tameh, has to enter the water purely of his or her own initiative. It is an act, a ritual, that they themselves do themselves, by themselves, to themselves. Nobody can do it for you. You've got to go into the water yourself. Tevila, immersion in a mikvah, therefore implies a capacity for one to change one's condition. And it reflects human initiative, create, creativity, and freedom, the ability of man to transform his life. I can transform my life. I can go into the mikvah and I can emerge a different person. Hazah, the sprinkling, also involves water, explains the Rav, but the situation is very different. The person who is undergoing this cannot sprinkle it on himself. By the way, even if the person who is Tameh would happen to be a Kohen, he is not able to do it himself. It must always be, in the words of the Torah, Vihiza hatahar al Another person has got to sprinkle the water onto me. I cannot liberate myself. I am dependent on others. My own initiative is not enough. Now, this ultimate challenge in life, death, this ultimate level of tumma, of ritual impurity, requires both. 
it requires the assistance of someone else who will help me, and, and it will also require my own initiative. That's why there are two different paths, two different processes, two different ceremonies combined into one system. In other, less serious situations, one or the other might suffice. But here's the truth, and it applies in every area of life. There are two paths to helping yourself out of a dark place, any dark place, your own initiative and the help of another. And the truth is, many of us experience a lot of problems and a lot of pain by not choosing which of the paths we really need or choosing both of them when that is what is needed. Because there are some of us who rely too much on other people to help us. And we're not taking the initiative that we need to do to make our situation better. And at the same time, there are people who are exactly the opposite. There are people who are too reluctant to accept help from anyone else. They think I can do it myself when in fact they can't. They need help. And while it is true that certain people will tend, may, may tend towards one side of the spectrum and others may tend towards another side of the spectrum, but even within each of us as individuals, sometimes we err going too far to one side and other times we err on going to the other side. And many of us get stuck because we're utilizing only one or the other when actually perhaps the other approach would be better, more helpful to us, or perhaps a combination of both is what we really need and we're not getting it. In every situation, in any situation, we should be trying very hard to figure out and then to be open to utilizing either our own initiative or the help of another or a combination of both. That's the lesson from our Parsha. That is the practical underlying truth that is conveyed by this mitzvah paraduma. And I think it's ironic that such a practical lesson that applies to every single one of us, that we need to learn and without learning we suffer so much. And this lesson, if we take it to heart, can be so helpful in transforming our lives. I think it's ironic that such a practical lesson 
derives from such an esoteric source. But it's true. We need to make sure that we recognize in every situation that there may be two paths and we need to follow either of them or both of them. And we need to be able to consciously choose correctly in order to confront and overcome even the greatest tragedies in life. My friends, I want to wish you a wonderful day. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person. And I just want to say this to you. Last night, I had the opportunity to see in person someone to whom I've been addressing these exact words for almost a year and a half now. And he said to me, you know, for a year and a half, I've heard you say almost every day that you look forward to seeing in person and today we're able to do it. So with God's help, we're on the right path and hopefully we will all start to be able to see each other in person soon. Have a wonderful day.